Donald Trump's designated opponent in the 2020 presidential election is Joe Biden, but his real adversary is the media. They hate Trump, both the man and his policies, so they twist facts, distort the truth, and skew their stories to help Joe Biden and damage Donald Trump. Whatever position the current president adopts is reflexively opposed by the liberal intellectual elites that inhabit newsrooms everywhere. Trump is their nemesis. They're determined to see him defeated. Attorney, Fox News legal analyst, and two-time New York Times bestselling author. This is The Brief with Greg Jarrett. Hello, everyone. I'm Greg Jarrett, and welcome to The Brief. There is no shortage of media malpractice in the age of Trump. For three long years, reporters banged the drum of Trump-Russia collusion. They repeatedly predicted his demise, even his arrest. When the truth was eventually revealed and the media lie was exposed, did journalists bother to apologize to the American people for getting the story wrong? Of course they didn't. Did they stop publishing and airing false stories based on anonymous leaks? Any rational person would do so, so that automatically excludes the mainstream media. No, they skipped the mea culpas and the acts of contrition, and instead they moved seamlessly to the next faux scandal designed to drive Donald Trump from office. The latest faux scandal is a reporter hit job in The Atlantic. It's a lefty publication known for its shoddy journalism, citing anonymous sources The article claims that Trump made disparaging comments about dead American veterans. Now, I'm always suspicious of anonymous sources. Why? Because they're often wrong. They like to leak phony information while hiding behind anonymity. And after all, it's an easy way to smear someone because you can't really get caught. And they almost always have some secret motive to lie. And why not? Since their name is not attached to the story, they can lie with impunity. But it gets worse, as it did with the dubious Atlantic story. Other reporters suddenly jumped in and reported that their anonymous sources confirmed the original anonymous sources. Now, I know what you're thinking. That's incredibly stupid. And it is. Because Invariably, it's just the same unidentified, unnamed people confirming themselves to different reporters. And there's no way of knowing whether the anonymous sources didn't just make it all up to begin with. The media acts like a bunch of dopes getting duped. They're witting accessories. It's journalist deceit, and it's disgraceful. Sadly, it happens all the time. I'll give you an example. During the height of the Russia hoax, CNN breathlessly reported a bombshell story of a smoking gun email that the network claimed was conclusive proof that Donald Trump colluded with WikiLeaks and in turn with Russia. Naturally, the CNN story came exclusively from anonymous sources. 
and the mainstream media began running around with its collective hair on fire. Trump was finished, they declared in unison. Hold on, it gets better, or for the media, worse. Immediately after the CNN story aired, both CBS and MSNBC announced that their anonymous sources had independently confirmed the CNN story that was, of course, based on anonymous sources. It was so idiotic that it's hard to believe that it actually happened. Obviously, all three networks were being spoon-fed the same bogus information from the same line anonymous sources. And when documents show that CNN's original story was completely false, the network was forced to retract it with what they called a correction. No apology, of course. As for CBS and MSNBC, well, they had mud on their faces, too, for using anonymous sources to confirm a false story. Is that happening again with the Atlantic story? Well, you can judge for yourself. You can choose to believe if you want these anonymous sources, even though you don't know who they are, you don't know their names, their positions in government, or whether they might have an axe to grind against Trump. Or you can believe half a dozen people who have now come forward publicly identifying themselves and said that Trump never made the remarks attributed to him. They include Dan Scavino, Stephen Miller, Jordan Karam, Zach Fuentes, and John Bolton. All of them were with Donald Trump when he allegedly made the disparaging remarks. They insist he never did. And Bolton, of course, is a well-known Trump critic. The media will never let a manufactured scandal go to waste. So there it was, front and center the other day, when Hyden Biden emerged from his basement bunker to face the media, really for the first time in earnest. He didn't read a teleprompter and just walk away as he normally does. He didn't have his staff pre-screen scripted questions from hand-selected people. No, this time he allowed the gathered media to pose questions of their own making. What a novel concept. And here's what happened. Those so-called journalists lobbed one softball after another. For a while, I thought it was a softball game. Actually, it was like a t-ball game, you know, where the ball sits on a tee and then the batter, Joe Biden, whacks away at will. No fastballs, no curves, no sliders. Not a single journalist asked a challenging question. The first question came from a writer for The Atlantic, which published this spurious story. He asked Biden, quote, what does it tell you about President Trump's soul and the life he leads? Seriously, this muttonhead asked that question. Why didn't he just come out and say to Biden, oh, please tell us how awful Donald Trump is and, and you know, take your time. CBS then followed up by asking Biden why he wasn't angrier at Donald Trump. The reporter was really saying, here you go, Joe, my old buddy, take a good swing at Trump. I'm helping you out here. And that is how the entire press conference went. Just about every reporter laid the ball gently on the tee and invited Biden to hit one over the fence. 
Sometimes the reporters literally gave Biden the anti-Trump answer at the end of their pathetic questions and then simply asked the Democratic nominee to elaborate on what a big bad man Donald Trump is. There was only one question in the entire news conference that wasn't a softball. It was about the landmark deal between Kosovo and Serbia that was brokered by Donald Trump. And Joe Biden totally flubbed it. He seemed clueless about the deal. Well, suffice it to say, the whole thing was a debacle, a joke, a disgrace. It was clear that these reporters were neither objective nor neutral. They were servile and downright sleazy. They may as well sign themselves up as certified members of Team Biden. They're not journalists. They're partisan Democrat operatives. Fox News politics editor Chris Steyerwald said this. So seldom do reporters get to ask Joe Biden questions. So seldom do reporters get. This is the second time, really, in quite a while, the reporters have had a chance to ask Joe Biden questions. And that was shamefully embarrassing. Fox's Neil Cavuto, who is often critical of presidential statements, blasted the media for posing friendly and ingratiating questions to Biden, but asking persistently hostile questions to Donald Trump. And Neil is right. Anyone who has ever tuned in to a White House news briefing has watched the press corps throw nothing but daggers at Trump, one right after the other. The Surgeon General this morning was talking about the coming week being among the hardest and saddest uh, weeks of our lives. He was talking about this being our uh, Pearl Harbor, our 9-11 moment. You all are talking about glimmers of hope and stabilization. How are the American people supposed to bridge those different descriptions that they're getting from this administration. I don't think they're so different. The the doctors who are treating coronavirus patients, they have the medical expertise to determine whether or not they should prescribe hydroxychloroquine. And many of them And there are already clinical trials in place looking at hydroxychloroquine. So They should be finished in about a year. Why not just let the science speak for itself? Why are you promoting this drug? I'm not. I'm not. I'm just saying very simply, I'm not at all. I'm not. Look, you know what I'm trying to do. Well, you come lives. out here every day, right, sir, talking about the benefits I, of I want them to try it. You know, obviously, we know anyone can spread the disease, right, unwittingly. Right. So why even have a few businesses open? Why not just shut everything down? There are grocery stores that are open, fast food places. Why even take a little chance to shut well, them down? To, we'll answer that question later. On the equipment issue, um, records show that federal agencies did not begin... Oh, stop it. Who are you with? By the way, who are you with? with? Press, who are you with? This press. Agencies did begin purchases of respirators and, and are you ready? Are you ready? Let me just answer your question because I know exactly. You know, same question you ask all the time. Ready? They have done an it's unbelievable job in delivering for the Associated Press, which is, uh, you know, not so great. Not like it used to be. But Trump doesn't hide like Joe Biden does. Trump faces a belligerent press corps on a daily basis. He sat down for a lengthy interview with Fox News Sunday's Chris Wallace that can only be described as adversarial. Will Biden do that? No. The Democratic nominee has refused weekly requests for an interview for months now. The media also gives prominent airtime to Trump's harshest critics. CBS just the other day ran a lengthy interview of disgraced FBI agent Peter Strzok, to promote Strzok's new book in which he accuses Trump of being 
Putin's puppet. In the interview, Strzok peddled one lie after another with almost no pushback. The network did the same thing when Andrew McCabe wrote a book bashing Trump, then accusing him of being a Russian asset. CBS doesn't seem to care that both these jugheads have been disgraced and discredited. McCabe was canned for lying repeatedly. Strzok was sacked for his notorious misconduct and, you know, basically being a complete idiot riven with bias. Just read all his profane anti-Trump text messages while he was carrying on an affair with FBI lawyer Lisa Page. But reporters love to hear these guys vilify Donald Trump as the devil, despite having zero credibility. Even as their stories about Trump-Russia collusion blew up like exploding cigars, some of the media still to this very day cling to the fairy tale that Trump is a secret Russian agent. Think I'm joking? Take a listen to one of the biggest fabulists on MSNBC, Nicole Wallace, just the other day. She told her gullible viewers that it's still an open question that Trump is a Russian boogeyman. There is an open question, not opened by anyone in the media or any of his critics, but opened by career law enforcement officials at the FBI who thought there was probable cause to investigate whether or not he was a Russian agent. Where in the world does Nicole Wallace get this nonsense? Oh, well, she said she got it from Andrew McCabe and Peter Strzok. Right, two infamous charlatans. The established truth doesn't seem to matter to Wallace because despising Donald Trump and trashing him on air every single day has elevated her career at MSNBC. She also seems to have forgotten that the Mueller investigation found no collusion conspiracy with Russia, and the bipartisan Senate intelligence investigation found the exact same thing. But I guess to Nicole Wallace, those are inconvenient truths. So why not ignore them and smear Trump all over again? When Andrew McCabe and Peter Strzok are your heroes, it's time for some serious psychotherapy, Nicole. Maybe electroshock treatments might clear your brain. Of course, you can always find a couple of knuckleheads on Capitol Hill who still claim that Trump was and is a Manchurian candidate. Democrat Senator Bob Menendez continues to argue that the president must be an agent of the Russian Federation. Those are his words because, wait for it, Donald Trump has not released his tax returns. Seriously, Menendez said that. This from a guy who barely survived a criminal trial for corruption. And then there's my favorite Adam Schiff who promised he'd seen with his own eyes unassailable proof that Trump was a Kremlin operative. Except Schiff never produced the evidence, principally because he just made it up to get on TV all the time. He'd walk a mile for a camera. It turns out that Schiff was the guy behind so many of the anonymous leaks to the media, many of which turned out to be blatant lies. Speaking of anonymous leaks, that's how the Russia hoax managed to run wildly out of control for so long until the lie began to unravel. The hoax gained traction because high-ranking officials were willing to lie about it and misrepresent the lack of proof they had 
for years. Journalists allowed themselves to be played for fools over and over again. Reporters were all too happy to let their stories be shaped by anonymous sources who lied to them again and again. What's utterly shocking is that no one in their newsrooms ever suggested delving deep into the other side. In the end, scores of stories were retracted because anonymous sources were scamming the reporters. Journalists treated gossip as gospel. They permitted themselves to be exploited by a gang of remorseless liars. And the scary part is, they do it all over again in a heartbeat. Why not? Reporters for the New York Times and the Washington Post won the 2018 Pulitzer Prize for aggressive reporting on the dossier with this citation for deeply sourced, relentlessly reported coverage. But wait a minute. Their deep sources were anonymous and they were lying. And the dossier? Well, it was later proven to be phony, nothing more than speculation and rumors. The Times and the Post pretended it was true. And for that, they won the most prestigious award in journalism. For them, getting duped paid off. Part of the problem is that the media itself is dominated by liberals and progressives, increasingly so. A study by two Indiana University professors found that over the past 30 years, the number of full-time journalists identifying themselves as Republican has dropped from 25% to a scant 7%. Thus, the liberals in the media control the messaging. Their political and social views infect the stories they choose and the way they tell those stories. They make a conscious decision to report on matters that conform to their ideological sympathies. Instead of fact-driven, stories are now agenda-driven. The media also lives in this weird echo chamber. When one outlet runs an anti-Trump story, it's repeated and reinforced by everyone else in the Trump-hating media. It's presented as scripture. On certain networks, catchphrases are repeated by anchors, reporters, and pundits. For example, the phrase, the walls are closing in around President Trump, was repeated 50 times during a 10-day period on CNN and MSNBC in December of 2018. There are scores of other examples. I have not seen anything like this since October 20th, 1973, when President Nixon fired Archibald Cox. Nixon, Richard Nixon. Watergate. Echoes of Watergate. A giant step toward Impeachment. 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 Impeachment implications are now in the air. The president will be removed from office. Bombshell. 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 Bombshell stories dropping seemingly every day. He will resign the presidency. Warming to the idea of his resignation. He should resign. Resign. The president sees the walls closing in and is lashing out. If he feels the walls closing in. Closing in. You can feel the thread being pulled. You can feel the clothes starting to come off the emperor. I believe this is the beginning of the end. Donald Trump's done. He's done. There's no question about that. Journalists today live in a bubble of their own making. Their thoughts and words reverberate against the walls, then bounce back to themselves 
They hear only their own voices in a self-perpetuating circle, thrilled to be retweeted by one another. Another problem is that the media is insufferably arrogant. They're so insular and dogmatic, they cannot conceive of any intelligent principles beyond their own. They view themselves as the privileged elite, possessed of total knowledge and ultimate wisdom. In the age of Trump, they have coalesced into a resistance. On a daily basis, they mock, ridicule, and demean the man they so loathe. They consistently give a platform to Trump's political enemies and rarely hold them accountable. People like McCabe, Strzok, James Comey, John Brennan, and James Clapper are all given free reign to denounce and denigrate Trump. Pushback? Forget about it. Never happens. On television, Brennan and Clapper portrayed Trump as a Russian agent. Privately, they told Congress there was no evidence of that. During the Trump-Russia hysteria, the media obsessed over collusion, treating every communication, association, even a handshake as unmistakable evidence of collusion. On MSNBC, the smug Rachel Maddow cited a story about Donald Trump's emails and proclaimed, and They're not even six months into this administration and they're confessing to colluding with the Russians during the campaign. Right. Confessing to collusion. Except it never happened, Rachel. On the same network, Mika Brzezinski predicted the imminent incarceration of various members of the Trump family who had dared to meet or even speak to a Russian. And I think they're shocked that the noose is tightening they, and that people might go to jail. You're exactly right. For the that, rest of their lives. They, Not to be outdone, Chris Hayes managed to surpass his MSNBC colleagues when he appeared on Stephen Colbert's show, on CBS. So are you all in on collusion? You're like, no, it, it walks like a duck. It talks like a duck. Let's indict the duck. Is that... <laughs> I, uh, I look, I don't know what I don't know. Here's what I would say. I started as a person who generally shies away from conspiracy theories mm -hmm. that thinks that coordinating a bunch of actors in secret is hard and stuff mm -hmm. usually comes out. As the facts have come in, my Occam's razor at this point, the mm -hmm. simplest explanation is that everyone's running around acting guilty because they're guilty. Right. Like what I, what always... <laughs> that, that's what I think. They are. Why is everyone lying to investigators? Why is everyone making stuff up? Why are people acting super guilty? They're acting super guilty because they're guilty. And then there's Joy Reid on MSNBC. At one point, she became so giddy over the prospect of Trump's arrest, she even dreamed aloud on air about the day that Trump would barricade himself inside the White House as federal marshals banged on the doors to take him into custody. Enjoy Reed's distorted universe, wishing is believing. Day after day, night after night, we heard the same media mania. The noose is tightening around Trump's neck. The walls are closing in. The beginning of the end. The tipping point. Trump will resign. Like the last days of Nixon, his presidency is crippled. Trump's going down. I don't think the president will serve out his term. It's over. This is what the mainstream media told us day after day, week after week. Never once did these same so-called journalists pay any attention 
to how the Hillary Clinton campaign paid for Russian disinformation to influence the election. Hatred of Trump so consumed journalists, they became blind to the truth. They abandoned all fairness and objectivity in their zeal to push the fabricated Russian story. Anonymous sources ran rampant. Opinion bled into news stories and always in the anti-Trump direction. Networks gave endless airtime to lies and liars. How else do you explain CNN's fascination with Michael Avenatti, the attorney for porn star Stormy Daniels, who sued Trump? Over a one-year period, Avenatti appeared on CNN 121 times. The network celebrated him as a possible 2020 candidate for president. He was photographed partying with CNN's Don Lemon and April Ryan until he was indicted by federal authorities on multiple counts, including extorting $20 million from Nike, stealing from clients, committing bank and wire fraud, cheating on his taxes, and other sundry crimes. Did CNN issue a mea culpa? or an apology to its viewers? Never. Is it any wonder that trust in the media has collapsed? Look at any poll and you'll find that confidence in journalists has sunk to an all-time low. Every day brings new evidence that they deserve it. And Joe Biden's recent press conference provided the latest proof. So there it is. Donald Trump's real opponent is not the Democratic nominee. It's the feckless and reckless media. They're in the bag for Joe Biden. They'll do anything to stop Donald Trump. And that's the brief. For a full account of how the media squandered all credibility, read my book, Witch Hunt, the story of the greatest mass delusion in American political history. Thanks for listening. I'm Greg Jarrett.